You're listening to Off The Bench with Benny Jones and Gary Belcher for First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. Oh, welcome to Off The Bench. Great to have your company as we get stuck into what has been a massive, massive week in NRL news in particular. Players going here, there and everywhere. It's causing all sorts of mayhem at the NRL calendar headquarters. You'll tell me more about that shortly. Gary Belcher. And G'day, you, Benny Jones. You join me on the rundown. I've still got Scotty Sattler here as well. It was too good to be true having you guys both here for this program for the last couple of weeks. Well, but even having Sats more than once a month is a, is a privilege <laughs> for us. It's a very so. good point. Hey, uh, it has been a, a massive week. We're going to get to some of that player movement shortly. Some of it is still up in the air and some players that uh, we don't know where they're going to be playing in 2019. Well, it was the coaches turned for a few weeks and the players thought, no, no, they're still in our limelight. Next week, it's going to be the official. We'll have CEOs, flying <laughs> chairmen, referees. <laughs> referee. No, that's a couple of weeks' time. That's just before. That'll be all of well, our then, Christmas. Then we come might move to the media after that. Some media people that might yeah. be jumping ship. But it has been uh, an unprecedented off-season. We'll talk about that shortly. Uh, Grantly Keyser is going to join us. And this is a man who lives and breathes and eats and sleeps and probably does a few other things with boxing. Mm. But what he does do very well is he covers it as a journalist. And he has been all over Anthony Mundine and Jeff Horn in the build-up towards their big fights. Well, not they? just in the... You know, he's been all over it for years, uh, oh, both yeah, fighters. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and Grant Lickie's one of the... the uh Probably the the um, the Pre- best preeminent boxing yep. uh, writer. Uh, of course, he's with News Limited, yep. and he uh, gets a lot of the exclusives. He has a, a fair bit to do with. Uh, he's very well respected, I think, by all parties. So yeah, um, yeah, and and the stuff that he talks about is uh, I find it extremely interesting. He has a great insight into what makes these these fighters tick. And, and what their fight's going to look not look like at Suncorp Stadium. Goes beyond the ring a little bit, doesn't he, Grantly? I think that's why he's so highly respected. He, he gets to know the guys uh, and, and takes away all of the, the showmanship at times and, and finds out a little bit more about who they really are. There's a fair bit of that are. from one party oh, in particular. is there, is there? Wide. Uh, Makita Power player uh, who we are celebrating uh, big time, uh, a world champion times seven, if you don't mind. We'll talk about that shortly. We'll get a Gurney high-pressure moment as well and find out what Badge is looking forward to this weekend in the world of sport. But let's talk about it. Uh, and well, where do we start? I might actually begin with the latest on Gareth Witter because midweek it looked as though he was heading home to the UK. We know uh, he came out here as a young man, spent some time at the Melbourne Storm, now one of the key playmakers at the Dragons, but uh, you know, citing a bit of homesickness. That has changed a little bit in the last 24, 48 hours, though, Badge, and he is going to stick around at least for 2019. Well, it's so unusual in this day and age that a player or a coach is going to actually see out their contract. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to leave now and, uh, you know, that's just what I want to do as opposed to I've got a contract and I'm going to see it out. Now, I think the Dragons dug their heels in a bit there, but I, um, I'm also very pleased to know that Gareth Widdop has, um, has conceded, it seems, and said, okay, well, I've got another year to go. And, and after that, Gareth... Like do as you please. You've been um, you've been a wonderful player in the NRL and a fantastic ambassador. And um, but you have a contract. The contracts work both work both ways. Yep. It's not I'll sign and I'll take the money and then when I've had enough, I'll just if I get a better offer or a different offer or one back overseas at home, I'll I'll go there. It's it's really not how the world should work. Mm. So um, I'm I'm really pleased about this one because there's been a bu- bunch of other players this week that have um, have upped and moved camp for different reasons as well. Yeah, two of those players, in Dylan Napa and David Clemmer, we'll get to shortly. But the other one that is still up in the air, a little conjecture surrounding the future of Sean Johnson at the Warriors, they've basically said to him, no guarantees beyond 2019. We'd love you to stay, but we can't make any promises. Therefore, you have the right to go out and exercise your options. And he's done just that. So they'll be lining up clubs. For yeah, they will search. be. Um, now, will Sean Johnson be leaving immediately? Uh, I 
I'm, I'm sort of sensing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a bunch of clubs that would, would like to have him. And let's remember what's happened at the Sharks only a week ago with yep. uh, Val Holmes. So therefore, they yeah they that was a big um, uh, it was a big uh, a tough one for them to handle. Um, you know, I think a, a big disappointment for them. But now it means they've got some money because mm. they were clearing the coffers to to extend and probably up Val's contract as of next year. All of a sudden, he's not there. So you'd imagine they've got some money there. And, and what a what a good fit, some would say, for the Sharks, given that a few years ago, um, he played outside Chad Townsend. Chad was over at the Warriors. Yeah. So they have already have a, um, a strong combination there. And that would mean that there's, a you know, I guess... Much uh, a much shorter honeymoon period there for Sean to fit in. We're heading a long way north, but what about the club that was certainly very much into Valentine Holmes, so rumoured to have been chasing his signature? What about North Queensland? Would would he be a viable option for them as well? Sean Johnson? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, this they still. Um, I, don't, I think they're settled on who's exactly is going to be where for them. They have Tamari Martin arrived on the scene last year and did mm. an admirable job. Of course, it was Jonathan Thurston's last year, but Michael Morgan. Uh, Queensland Australian player. He's he's expected to be there somewhere. He could be fullback. Uh, could be in the halves. Um, and Jake Clifford, the new young young fellow as well. But someone of the quality of Sean Johnson comes along. I think they'd be yeah. they'd be throwing their hat in the ring. It also means you know from a Warriors perspective, they got a fair bit of a splash cash to splash now yep. too. Sean Johnson gone, marquee mm. player, as well as that their uh, their skipper Simon Mannering, who's a three hundred gamer, wonderful player and, and champion guy. Gee, he did well for that club, uh, and he's retired. So it, it means there'd be a fair bit of uh, coin available for them to find uh, some other players too. Now, any time rep players move, it is just that little bit extra uh, significance when we're talking about, obviously, the makeup of clubs for years to come. And when you look at a name like David Clemmer, not only a state rep, but also international rep, Kangaroos player, he heads to Newcastle, who are just building themselves up a, a very nice little squad uh, under Nathan Brown that... I guess there's a belief now with a few bigger bodies and certainly experienced bodies like David Clemmer that this could be the difference between them hanging around the eight or actually busting their way into and, and it. And, you know, for me, at, at first glance it is. It's the, it, this is the, the player they, they really needed. Um, they have some quality in the backs. Maybe still a little bit of an experience, but some quality in the backs. But up front... Wow, they are really strong now. After a few years ago, they were left high and dry yep. um, by the, the previous admin and coaching staff. Well, now there's, um, you know, I think they're looking, they're looking extremely good with Herman Essie there and uh, and Dave Clemmer, uh, Tim Glasby. Is he going there? I think as well. Yeah, he was too. There's, That's um, right. Absolutely. And, and the Saifidi twins who. Nathan Brown has challenged. He just said um, to the to the lads, oh, "Look, we know you were thrust into the into the fold earlier than expected a few years ago. He, they they were just going to bring them along as mm. um, you know lower grade players, under twenties players, and but just had to throw them in there a few years ago. Well, they've got a bit of catching up to do now. They're, they're, they are looking like good first graders. Uh, their potential is to be very very good first graders. But there's a lot of work for them to do as well. You know, there was an old saying when I was playing club footy back in the day in Brisbane and Bobby. Bobby Bax was coaching North. He was a fantastic uh, player, uh, uh, coach, and uh, he always said, "At any one time, you need four quality front rowers mm. in your team: mm. two on the park and two, two ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> So you need a few hard yeah. men out there. Well, good segue that. Oh, well, maybe not a great segue for Dylan Napa, but of course, he was a player who had his issues with suspension and, and tackling techniques. Of course, so you can do a you can do a link. I know I found segue. one, found one there Beautiful. somewhere. But of course, he leaves the Roosters as a Premiership player, and of course, a, a Queensland rep, and now finds his way uh, to Belmore under yes. Dean Pay at the Doggies. Yes, and, and look, I reckon he'd be, uh, he'd be he'd be happy to be doing it. 
more content to be doing it than if, say, it happened 12 months ago because yep. they, they won a, a grand final and you feel great about that. Not a great feeling to know that the club has said, look, sorry, you're, you're surplus to requirements or you can look elsewhere. But that, that's, that stuff happens. But when you've got a premiership... Um, mm. It uh, dulls a ring, the pain a little yeah, bit. It, it would. Yeah. It yeah. would. Uh, and I, I, I've just seen that he's, um, you know, he, he's a tough rooster. Bulldog, sorry, now. Yeah, he's got to change that line. Yeah, um, I, I'm happy for him that he's. Yeah. And look for the Bulldogs as well. They've they've been smashed around, haven't they? The last oh, uh, yeah. well, since early in the year when they had some all those salary cap dramas, and they they've had to let uh, Aaron Woods go. They only had him for five minutes. Um, the way Desi Hasler left Kieran the club. Foran, yep. Yeah, it's Desi Hasler, uh, and now Dave Clemmer as yeah. well. So they need some positive news. It's I can't. It's going to be another tough year, I think, for the Bulldogs, but they're real, they're real fighters. Hey, this is great for us, Badge, all this stuff, because it gives us so much. I mean, we're nearly in December. I know what would we'll we be talking about? Well, that's right. I, I mean, the cricket is starting soon, but this is fantastic. What it's not fantastic for are the people who organise the NRL calendars. Now, you know that they obviously <laughs> do these a few months in advance, yeah, and they crazy. would go club to club and say, right, who are your four big names? Who do the kids want to see on the bedroom wall? I'll have you, 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 and you. They do the photo yeah. shoot. all looks great. And then a couple of weeks later... These blokes are moving clubs. You, you actually see the photo, um, and clubs used to organise these themselves, and and you know be on. Anyway, you see the photos, and they're they're exactly the same, just with yeah. the different flag behind them, and the four <laughs> the four players are positioned exactly the same, but they're four different players yeah. uh, for their respective clubs. But uh, well, you know, of course, um, the Panthers had Trent Merrin, Merrin. who's yep. now gone yep. uh, gone to Leeds. Broncos the, had Josh Maguire. He was in theirs. He's um, now for the cows. Sean Johnson, of course, would have been at the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a little bit of concern for a few for a little while there at the Dragons with Gareth Whitop. He would have been he'd yeah. be front and centre somewhere there. I think Clemmer was the other one too. Clemmer, yeah. yeah. And, and well, let's move it to the stop. Well, Cam Smith will obviously be front and centre for the Melbourne Storm, but still no certainty as to his twenty nineteen plans. We're waiting patiently. Can for, I tell you? You know, there is absolutely no doubt Cameron Smith will be playing. Okay, absolutely right. no. Cool. For the Melbourne Side Storm. relief for the calendar people. Yeah, he'll be there. Well, one man he'll be playing alongside, at least for next year, maybe a little longer. We know that Cam Munster will be hanging around a lot longer. He signed a four-year extension at the Storm. Would have been pretty yes. sought after this signature. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very important to the club. Um, and like, they've helped turn him around as far as his... Uh, he's grown up. Yeah, mm. He was a young lad, loose. Uh, was part of the... It's part of what makes him such a great player on the field. He's just got that real, yeah. that real on the toughness, edge. that country boy. Yeah. Uh, toughness about him, mm. and uh, but he carried that off the field a bit too. Wants uh, to captain the club, he, he said. Yeah, and, and to hear that sort of stuff means that he's thinking more about his his, uh, his role as a leader. And when you mm. when you first come into to grade, you're not thinking about being a leader. You're thinking about just being the best player you Getting can the on the park, and, yep. and you know not letting your teammates down and wanting to you know. And the drink cards at night. Yeah, yeah, that as well. <laughs> that's that's always an issue. Yeah. So yeah, I'm uh, happy for Melbourne. Uh, they put a yeah. lot of work into to a lot of players. They do very well generally too, but they have lost players over the years, like every club. But because of where they are, um, no one really is not very. There's very few players that are actually from Melbourne, so mm. there's always a possibility they're going to try to get back closer to home. Um, I'm, I'm glad Cam Mun- uh, and Cam Munster would realise when you, when you, he looks at the career of Billy Slater and Cam Smith and Cooper Cronk, uh, you, you you don't have to be playing in your hometown or your home state. Right. Uh, to you know, Leave to enjoy your footy, and yep. you can still catch up with. Fans. And I tell you what, you're a long time retired. When you're mm. retired, you go back and you catch up with all of your old mates, and you know, generally, 
they're all doing what they were doing 12 years exactly. before. Yeah, that's right. Well said. Uh, and just finally, as we sort of recap the week that was in all things league news. Now, this won't be decided, or I suppose we won't have more clarity on this until probably May, I think, is when the uh, New South Wales state election takes place. And you're probably asking yourself, listeners, why are we talking politics on a sports show? Well, there's a good reason. I was asking myself <laughs> If Labor win the New South Wales state election, and we saw what happened in Victoria last weekend, it was a dead set whitewash. I didn't see that. Promise as well. It? Yeah, Labor absolutely smashed the Liberal Party, mm. um, which which was a little unexpected. They were favoured to win, but not by that margin. Now, the reason this has connotations to the NRL, uh, the Liberals, who are in charge at the moment, have promised the redevelopment of both ANZ and Allianz State. Well, effectively knock them down and start stuff's again. Stuff's underway. It is. But Labor have said if they get into power, no, no way we're spending the money there. No, it's... Think else. Think 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 of well, something else to do with those. Well, what stadiums. are they? Well, they're going to have to. Well, half-built stadiums. They'll have to re, re put the stuff back up that's been knocked down. Go to the dump. Bring back the well, the rubble. Well, well, something like that. So I they're mean, saying it won't happen. No, and won't. we'll put the money into hospitals and schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, that's a that's a, a a great pledge. What's well, very noble. However, a lot of people would agree is, with it. Yeah, I mean, there is. It, it is, and I know there's been campaigns from um, from different people, especially there's a high-profile journo who's just so jealous of rugby league, especially, that mm-hmm. he doesn't want any stadiums See the built. one who wears a red band. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pete the Pirate. <laughs> um, but, uh, look, there is, there is a real positive side, and we, we've seen what's happened in, in Brisbane. We've seen how it's been for a long, long time in Melbourne with the great stadiums um, planning and great uh, infrastructure around it and yep. transport and everything else. Yep. How many more people support it and how much more money uh, gets poured back into the coffers. I'm not saying these stadiums are all going to pay for themselves within five years, mm. but there certainly is um, a lack of quality rugby league stadiums in, in Sydney. Well, the flow-on effect. They need, just, they need to do something about it. If, they, if they don't fix them up to the, to the, I guess, quality of those other stadiums they you've mentioned. events. Yeah, well, including the biggest of them all from an NRL point of view, and that is the, the grand final, which at, at the moment, under the current agreement with the current government, uh, they are contracted to host the grand final for the next 30-odd years. Mm. But if this falls through, Todd Greenberg has said, Brisbane, Melbourne, we, yeah, come at us. We won't, we won't have it in, in second-class stadiums. Mm. So, yeah. Could you imagine a grand... I mean, it's all Well, even, even state moment. of origins. Sydney, yeah. Sydney might well, not have a state of origin. We're in Perth next year. They only get one a year now, as it is because of the yeah. you know the, the policy where they play one away and yep. one in Brisbane, one in Sydney. Um, but you, there could be times when there's none in Sydney. Is an NRL grand final in, in Melbourne, does that does that appeal to you? As no. A, as a, no. But from a no, dollar's point, stop. no, it doesn't. But from a dollar's point of view, it Look, would work. I'd love the idea of going to Melbourne for a weekend, but gee, everyone, <laughs> the, the Victorian stadiums and the government yeah. and the, the, all the you know the, the businesses around there would love the fact that it could be an NRL grand final the day after the AFL on the, the Saturday, the NRL yeah, on Sunday, yeah. uh, and it, it would be if, if it didn't happen quite often, it would be an amazing event. Yeah. Um, I'd rather it be in a rugby league heartland. So a Suncorp Stadium or something like that? Well, at the moment, that would have to be second choice as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Or maybe you go somewhere neutral and you take it to to Perth or um, or, or Adelaide. New Zealand? Yeah. But they're not not rugby (laughs) league shaped grounds. No, no. And that, that... that's an issue, and the itself. issue, the other issue you've got is if you if you allocate these games and you have to do it early in the year, mm. you could give one of these teams a substantial home yeah. ground advantage. You could, you could. Well, I guess that happens anyway. Yeah, Roosters. 
playing. Well, you very rarely Melbourne get you very rarely they get two non Sydney based teams. I mean, we had it with the Cowboys and Broncos, the Broncos a couple of years ago, but it's yeah. it's a relatively rare occurrence. But anyway, uh, look again that that could all be this could be pointless conversation come May mm. if the Liberals win and continue on as they are. But it could be interesting to see how that all plays out. Uh, so that's some of the news of the week through the league. Uh, first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. Uh, and don't forget too, uh, thanks to Giant Bicycles, you could show a loved one some giant love this Christmas by registering to win them or yourself, really, a giant e-bike. All you need to do, register your details at iCanWin.com.au. More off the bench to come after this. We're doing it for First Choice Liquor. Stick around. You're listening to Off the Bench with Benny Jones and Gary Belcher for First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. Yeah, welcome back to Off the Bench. Great to have your company. Benny and Badge here with you and uh, looking forward to what should be a huge night in Brisbane very soon. I'm going to catch up with a man who we caught up with earlier in the week on Sports Day who has been just covering every inch, every angle of this bout. Jeff Horn taking on Anthony Mundine, Grantley Keezer in a matter of moments, so hang around for that. Also still to come, a Makita Power Player will preview the final show for the driver's seat for 2018 and plenty more, including some of the other big sporting events we're looking forward to this weekend. But it's going to be an absolute belter. It'll be getting underway. The main bout, of course, the undercard will be happening as we speak. But uh, the one that we're all waiting for, Jeff Horn looking to uh, end the career on a sour note, that of Anthony Mundine, who's, of course, looking to uh, put a real spanner in the works for the future of Jeff Horn. Grantley Keezer, we caught up with on Sports Day through the week, and uh, here were his thoughts on how that bout might unfold. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, there's a lot of excitement up here. There's talk that this could be uh, the, the biggest pay-per-view event ever in Australia. Oh, yeah. It's really come from humble beginnings. When the fight was first announced, a lot of people were laughing and saying it was a joke, but Anthony Mundine's grown on people, and boy, his confidence is really uh, infectious. A lot of people really uh, are giving him a, a good chance to beat Jeff Horn tomorrow night, so uh, we'll wait and see. Yeah, you're right, Grantley, hasn't he? He uh, seems to be a lot more humble coming into this fight, and I think on the back of that oh. interview with Paul Kent a couple <laughs> of nights ago, how did you find that interview? Did we see a side of Anthony Mundine that maybe a lot of people weren't aware of? Oh, yeah, well, uh, you know, people that know Anthony Mundine know that he's a very different character to the one that uh, you normally see in front of a microphone spouting off. He's actually quite uh, quite a shy guy, and um, he's almost like an actor in a, in a play. He plays the villain, you know, the, the, the director says action and away he goes. But most of the time he's quite quiet and, and humble, believe it or not. And for this fight, he's uh, he's been very, very focused. You know, he's really got the eye of the tiger. When you when you talk to him, you can really see that determination in, in his face. He's uh, he's uh, said that this will probably be his, his last fight unless he gets a really huge offer to fight in the United States. And uh, at 43, that's unlikely. So he intends to go out with a bang at Suncorp Stadium against Jeff Horn. He, you know, he's been... Uh, making headlines in, in sport for 25 years. It is quite extraordinary when you think about it, isn't it? You know, like he started playing uh, rugby league for St George way back in 1993. You know, was, the world's changed a lot in 25 years, but he's been at the forefront of Australian sport all that time. He's been the biggest draw card in Australian boxing since 2000. That's 18 years. So he doesn't want to go out with a whimper against Jeff Horn. He doesn't want to be uh, just another name on, on Jeff Horn's record. He wants a, a big, big victory in front of a big crowd at Suncorp Stadium. And, and boy, you know, like Anthony Mundine's father, he's, he was a great champion himself, Tony Mundine. He's talking it up. He's, he's saying that his boy can uh, break Jeff Horn in half. And, and watching Anthony Mundine train, he's really, really fit and focused. He's in good, good shape. And uh, he's ready, to, he says, to turn back the clock to the night that he beat Danny Green at Sydney Football Stadium in 2006. We'll wait and see. Yeah, now the bookies have Jeff Horn as an overwhelming favourite, Grantley. But what happens if Jeff Horn allows 
Anthony Mundine just to get his rhythm in those first two or three rounds. Yeah, that's the big danger. And, and talking to Garth Wood, who, who uh, won and lost against Anthony Mundine, that's what he says is the big danger. Uh, everyone knows that Mundine's a real confidence fighter. You know, if his confidence is up, he's, he's going to be very hard to beat. Once he gets his nose in front, it's very hard to get in front uh, to take the lead back. So Jeff Horn's got to jump on him straight away. Uh, Horn's trainer, Glenn Rushton, he's been the man that took him from a bully schoolboy and made him a world champion. He says uh, they've got to very early in the fight put their their foot on Anthony Mundine's throat because he'll be like a rabbit dog if he if he gets a head start and uh, it'd be very hard to turn back. They've, they've got to really go after Anthony Mundine in the early rounds and, and shake up his confidence, bust up his confidence, land some big, big body shots and, and really uh, turn him around because once Anthony gets that jab going and that right hand behind it, it's they're, they're, they're like rockets, they really are. And Jeff... Uh, Jeff got a bit of a touch-up in his last fight uh, over in America against Terence Crawford, so he wants to be on the front foot straight away. Grantley, I'm, I'm sure you, like many boxing purists, would like to see a, a great fight, and we, we saw that amazing yeah. fight with uh, Horn and Pacquiao uh, late last year. Yeah. Is, there, is there a fear from you that there could be an anti-climax, that Mundine could just be staying out of the way and getting out of the way and you know refusing to get in close, and you know, it might be, um, you know, might be plenty of rounds of, of not much action? Well, not really. Uh, like Mundine knows how to survive. As he says, he knows how to tire a guy out. He knows how to hold and, and, and break up a fighter's rhythm. But Jeff Horn is such a pressure fighter. I can't see it being a dull fight. You know, he, he comes forward and Mundine's accused him, like many of uh, Jeff Horn's opponents, of, of leading with his head, using his head as a third glove. So I think it's going to be a pretty rough fight. You know, first chance Jeff Horn gets, he's going to be on, it, on Mundine's chest banging away. And uh, he, he fights a very, very physical style. So I don't think it's going to be a boring fight. I think it's going to be very, very exciting for as long as it lasts. My, my, my gut feeling is that Jeff's going to break him down after three or four rounds and just wear, wear him down with that constant pressure. It's just common sense that a guy who's 30 and in the prime of his career is going to be have too much for a guy who's 43 and who was winning big fights, you know, a decade and a half ago. That's just common sense. Stranger things have happened, but I think Jeff Horn's going to make it a real, real pressure fight, but he's got to be very careful to Mundine's fast counters. Yeah. Mundine is very, very crafty, very crafty. Absolutely, and he's, and he's so quick. What about the weight limit that he's had to get himself? Is he, is he going to get down to it? It seems as though he's confident he'll be fine yeah. with the 71 kilograms, but how will that affect his, his strength as the fight goes on? You know, well, he's, he's been down, he weighed in under the weight limit last week, which was very much a surprise. Everyone thought that that was uh, a bit of a furphy, but uh, other, a number of people confirmed it, and he was again last night under the weight limit. So um, he, he's come down very early. He said in a couple of his defeats, he lost to a guy called Charles Hartley, a pretty good American. Mm. He lost to a former world champ called Joshua Clotty when he was fighting at 70 kilos. And he says in those fights, he, was, uh, he, he left the weight cut too late and was just weight drained. He said he wanted to come down very early in weight so that there was no problems, that he was comfortable with the weight. But he looked uh, yesterday at the uh, at the press conference, he looked very gaunt and, and, and drawn. So we'll have to wait and see how he fights. But boy, you know, he's, the, the look in his eyes, he is really, really determined. And I've covered a lot of his fights over the years, all these big fights, all the way going back to his professional debut and over in Germany against Sven Otke and all those fights back in the early 2000s. And I've never seen him with, with that hungry look in his face and I don't mean hungry from not having food I mean <laughs> now you've said that there's going to be a lot of pressure on by Horn so how do you think it ends do you think it's knockout points by Horn and if it's a knockout what round well I think I think Jeff will, my, my instinct is that Jeff will probably stop him after about eight rounds I think uh, it'll be a, a very willing fight for the first three or four rounds with Mundine's speed and Mundine's craftiness 
but I think just constant pressure. And we saw that in the fights uh, with Mundine against Clotty and Hatley. That constant pressure finally got to him. I mean, Anthony is a very spectacular fighter, puts punches together really, really well, but I just don't know that he can match Jeff Horn's work rate, which is constant and big, heavy shots fired for three minutes every round. So I think Jeff will probably get to him after about uh, three or four rounds. He'll, he'll get into a rhythm, and I think he'll start to break Anthony down, and, and probably about eight or nine rounds will score a stoppage win. But uh, I have to say, even though I might be top five in the world, I have been dropped <laughs> before. Who knows what might happen? You know, uh, the, the, the great thing, you know, Bill Morty, the old promoter, used, the great old promoter used to always say in boxing, you're only just one punch away from disaster. And that's, mm. I guess, what makes it such an exciting yeah. sport, isn't it? Anthony could end the fight with one shot. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, Grantly, as you touched on, when this was first announced, this bout, I think it caused a few of us to cringe. But as it's got closer, uh, and even our great friend here, Scott Sattler, he's jumped on board. He cannot wait for Friday night. And I think a lot of Australian sports fans highly anticipating this one, whatever the result may end up being. Thank you for your time here on the show. Uh, trust that you'll enjoy Enjoy the night there ringside as well uh, in Brisbane. It should be an absolute beauty, and we look forward to catching up with you again down the track. My pleasure, guys. Thank you very much for having me. So Grantley Keyser there joining us uh, on Sports Day through the week, and great to get his insight for Jeff Horn and Anthony Mundine. We'll take a quick break. When we return, Makita Power Player will get badged to nominate one of those for us. You're listening to Off the Bench. You're listening to Off the Bench with Benny Jones and Gary Belcher for First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. Uh, welcome back to Off the Bench uh, with Benny and Badge uh, taking you through in the driver's seat. Pardon the pun because that's what we're going to hear from very soon, the boys on the driver's seat. The final show of the year is coming up this Sunday after a thrilling conclusion to the supercars uh, in Newcastle, not without its uh, little fair dose of controversy. A little duama. It was great that it went right down yeah. the wire, wasn't it? And, oh, absolutely. Yeah, happy to see Scotty McLaughlin get his first win. If you're an organiser of that event, uh, you would have been absolutely licking your lips with the amount of anticipation and excitement around you. Castle the final weekend, so the boys will join us shortly. Also, a Goonie high pressure moment on the way, and we'll find out what Badge and myself what we're looking forward to in sport this weekend. Uh, but right now on the program, let's have a crack at this. The Makita Power Player for Makita's massive redemption sale. Makita, when power means business. Uh, it does indeed. Massive redemption sale. Grab yourself free Makita gear. Visit makita.com.au for all of the important details. Now, I'm glad you're here for this one, Badge, because uh, yeah. one of your favourite pastimes outside of, of course, jumping on this fine program to talk sport is to get out the surfboard, wax her down, get down to your local beach and go and catch a wave or two. You do love your surfing. Yeah, you know, it is a pastime, but I did uh, I did win a heat recently against Mick Fanning. Did you really? Yeah, he didn't know. Was it a cashy we, job? Just we, a cash, cash no, bet? No, no, we, we, we were in the water together. I said, g'day, how you going, Mick? And I was keeping score. Oh, he yeah. didn't know. <laughs> uh, and for the three minutes of our heat, he actually didn't get away. Yeah, he's sl- but, sloppy in retirement, Mick. So become, I got I him on a technicality, <laughs> uh, and I didn't do much, but it was enough to have a, a hey. win. No, I didn't do as much as... Steph Gilmore, oh, did you? Well, how magnificent is her performance? Well, to win a world championship in any sport, in any discipline, is a great achievement. To win two means you're pretty good. Three means you're a superstar. Four, legend. Five, icon. Six, immortal. What's seven? Seven world championships. Sensational. Yeah, it's you're running out of superlatives. Yes. And joins the likes of Lane Beachley, who um, who hit that number at seven. I suppose. It's only really Kelly Slater in front of her now with 11, and she'll she'll get that in the next four well, or five Well, it'd be nice if she did. If, she, if it doesn't win another one, um, well done, Steph. You are, um, you're a great surfer. She just, she, she just makes you proud, doesn't she, yeah. to be an Aussie. When you see people like her, and she's always got that big smile 
on a face. She's such a competitor uh, and, and has been through some pretty tough stuff. Absolutely. We mentioned during the week that, uh, that drama she had when she got attacked at, uh, going you know, to her unit at, at Coolangatta. Um, and, and uh, you know, the, the other thing to, to be successful over a long period of time, you've got to find the motivation. And I know that she has talked about how she sort of lost that at times. And, yep. wanted, and she had a year off. She went and did, did other stuff and kind of found – realised just how much she missed yep. the competitive side of it um, and how much more she had to offer. So I'm, I'm just really proud of her. I, I think it's – I think that the whole surfing community is. Well, you talk about the motivation. It's a good point you raise, Badge, because she achieved so much so early. Uh, won her first world championship at 19. Of course, burst onto the scene at 17, winning heats against some of the biggest names in surfing. Won three titles in a row before, of course, that horrible moment uh, you mentioned uh, in, in Cooley. So – for her to still have that motivation and and still you know get out there and it's a, it's mm. a it can be a lonely tour at times. There's a lot of travel involved. Oh and yeah, and that that's part of, of the that's part of the battle for them all too is to be you know to be able to compete, go to enough events, yeah, so you can rack up enough points to to win the the whole title. Now I think it was last year she said she only missed out by 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 enough points she would have if she'd won one more heat and yeah. it really knocked her around. She thought. Are you kidding? I all mean, that work and yeah, yeah so all that close. work, and I can. I just got to put that little bit more into it. So she made sure of this. It was in this yeah. uh, the event at in uh, in Maui. I think she made the semis, but just before that, she she'd done enough to to secure the world title, and she dedicated it to the uh, the boss of or the CEO of Quicksilver, mm. who went missing at sea earlier oh, really? this year. Okay. It was a good friend of hers, and uh, she said at the time, um, Pierre Agnes. Um, when she found out, she said, oh, "If I'm, if I win this, I'm going to dedicate it to him." So she had this extra motivation. I think yeah. it um, gave her something a little bit more. It's a really nice touch, and mm. she is a really nice human being who is a very, very good surfer. Clearly, seven-time world champion, level now with Lane Beachley, another one of our Aussie surfing superstars, as the most successful female surfer. Come of all down time. to my home beach, Steph, and seriously. Yep. Well, you've knocked off the way Mick I score. Kno- there's no, ch- you've got no chance. <laughs> a massive redemption. Sale you won't know the rules, but <laughs> when, I will win. That's all right. When power means <laughs> business. Uh, time to catch up with the boys on the driver's seat. The driver's seat preview for Kubota skid steers. Power at your fingertips. Oh, well, we expect a drama in Newcastle for the concluding weekend of the supercars for 2018 and drama and controversy and all of the above is what we got as well. It was quite stunning. Scotty McLaughlin and Shane Van Gisbergen, of course, going into the final weekend, pretty much neck and neck. It was going to come down to those two drivers to see who would be crowned champion for 2018 and we got it all it was very exciting from go to woe and i'm sure the boys this sunday on the driver's seat the final show for 2018 uh will have it all covered and no doubt be catching up with some very special guests but uh, of course we'll just have a little bit of a sneak peek preview as to what is coming up on the show for you right now and we're going to do it for Kubota, who have the ag equipment to suit your needs speak to your Kubota dealer let's Take a little listen. Mate, I want to talk stats just for a second because, I mean, you know, the record books have been set this year. You've you've obviously done an absolutely sensational job. But I want to take you through a stat that probably won't appear in any record books. And it's our, it's our uh, top five biggest Facebook posts for the driver's seat for the year. And there's quite a bit happened this year. Obviously, Craig Lowndes has announced his retirement. We've got the, uh, we've got the Mustang, Mustang coming in. Mm-hmm. Frosty's joining Team 18 and leaving leaving Tickford and all that kind of stuff. 
Let me tell you, Scotty, the number one video or the number one click on our uh, Facebook for this year, and not by a small margin, I might say, has been your chicken nuggets video in the uh, trophy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it reached it's a peak crazy. of 16.8 thousand clicks. Uh, <laughs> the next closest was Dick Johnson's thoughts on the Mustang at 6.7. So you've absolutely smashed oh. it on our Facebook post, mate. So thank you very much for that. Did That's you eat them all or did you share them? Oh, no. Shared them. I couldn't make it through them, but I, I love nuggets, and um, that was certainly, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't even know why, why it gone crazy. I, I certainly just, it was just, I always wanted to do it. I, I don't know why no one else has ever done it before. And, uh, and there's a McDonald's. We were partying on Sunday night. There's a McDonald's like two hundred meters down the road. And I said before I left the party, I said, "We're going to go. You're going to fill this thing up with chicken nuggets." <laughs> so we walked in, and we've brought in this McDonald's here about two people in it and we've just lit this joint up because it was just you know very quiet <laughs> and we've just thrown this trophy like I just said righto let's fill it up guys and they were awesome about it um, and I just made sure I counted every one that went in and yeah 40 was the number and, and, and just got into it but it, that... it wasn't we didn't have any 40 we just it was about 120 nuggets consumed <laughs> and that's why we love him did oh. they did they make you pay for him? I, I didn't pay for it, that's for sure. So I don't know who did. But I, 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 was, I, was, I, was, too, I was too much of a um, punt. I was buzzed just getting around so, and giving him one a nugget. Someone at the counter with a DJR corporate credit card that bloody Scott McLaughlin. <laughs> 300, 300 Ryan, bucks on Ryan nuggets. Was Ryan was around. So I believe he's throwing the credit card. I don't know whether the, a couple of... Um, you know, race fans as well, so that they're loving it. You know, all the, you know, having having the trophy there and <laughs> getting photos. I was still getting Too photos good. of the forty nuggets in this thing. You know, it was just a, it was a treat. That thing, that trophy's had a belting, I can tell you, because once it got cleaned out from its nuggets, it then got filled up with champagne Damn. last night and went down the front of people's tuxedos everywhere. It was a sensational. Saw a barocca in there too, as yeah, well. Yeah, big, big, <laughs> yeah, six kilo the barocca in there. Just had to, yeah, had to put something in there for it. So don't forget, you can catch the guys, uh, both Matt and Steve, this Sunday on the driver's seat final show of 2018. And it's for Kubota Ag Equipment. This is the life. And, of course, if you want to recap on everything that's taken place throughout the year, and, of course, I'm sure the boys will be popping by from time to time across the summer months in the build-up towards 2019, you can head along to their Facebook page. All you need to do is search at Driver's Seat Show, and you'll find the guys there with all of the podcasts, all of the episodes throughout the year, including this Sunday's final show for 2018. You're listening to Off The Bench for First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. We'll take a quick break. When we return, the boys will delve into a Gurney High Pressure moment and we'll find out what they're looking forward to this weekend. A Gurney High Pressure moment for Gurney High Pressure Cleaners. Available at Bunnings Warehouse. Yeah, this one's an interesting one. Gurney High Pressure Cleaners, available at Bunnings Warehouse. Gurney gets the job done. Uh, Badge Man, it's not a moment. He's probably had... A gurney high-pressure year, and I'm referring to Michael Checker, the coach of the Wallabies. Uh, just four wins 2018 has yielded, 10 losses. It's a record for an Australian uh, rugby side, and of course it all sort of culminated last weekend with a, a poor loss to to England. Oh, they they we- beat Italy the week before, which took a little bit of the heat off, but there was always... A little bit. There, there was really never... Uh, if they'd lost to Italy, that could have been the end of it. And of course, that yeah. they had a win. So but does then, it delay the inevitable? Finishing it off. I don't know. I don't know. I I do get sick of um, coaches being sacked when pl- teams are underperforming because I do have a feeling there that um, 
Not that I follow it very closely, but I have um, uh, friends, yep. uh, relatives that do follow the rugby more closely than I. And their general consensus is this is a pretty ordinary team. The cattle's not there. just a, 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 a you know if you had a very good team that was underperforming, um, you know, way below what they could do, you would understand then that the, the coach wasn't getting um, getting them to you know uh, get the best out in them. But it seems to me that they're they're a poor team. Well, uh, uh, from what I gather. Generally, pretty low, even amongst the rugby fraternity and, and the community. Um, mm. My father, who's a, obviously immigrated from Wales, but is now a died in the wool wallabies man. He he just says the same thing. I mean, what are we well, you get like from that. this side? Yeah. You get like that. Yeah. I mean, and, and the, the players get like that a little bit too. And the, as soon as things start to go wrong, they they can get a bit down on themselves, and confidence it drives that as well. And we we saw that um, for a long time with the New South Wales Origin yeah. side, and it took some massive changes there. And dare I say it, the coach. Um, for for Brad Fittler to come in, you just do di- things differently and make some decisions around uh, selections and and also you know there was a bit of not luck, but things need to fall into place for you with the opposition with yep. some players unavailable. That always helps as well. So yeah, things can turn around relatively quickly, but there, there wouldn't be a lot of confidence around heading into next year's World Cup. Yeah, well, that's right. Six months or so until that World Cup campaign. So the question now, I imagine the ARU would be asking themselves is, do we rip the Band-Aid off now and go mm. with someone else? Yep. Or do we do we just stick with the do status quo? Do we persevere? Quo? Yeah, and hope that... Why was Michael Chicker the right man for the job yeah. 12, 12 months ago? Yeah. And suddenly he's not. So is he, he was a good enough coach then, and he took New South Wales uh, to great heights, and he was, you know... Why is he suddenly not good enough, or is there more yep. to it? I believe there's more to it, and it's more about the players. All right, Gurney High Pressure Cleaners available at Bunnings Warehouse. The pressure valve very much uh, squarely focused in there on Michael Checker. Uh, before we wrap up on Off the Bench, thanks to First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. Great to have their support on the program, and no doubt uh, that's where we'll be heading straight after the show to stock up for the weekend. Speaking of which, Badge... Big weekend of sport. Mm. Uh, of course, we've got the cricket starting next week, but there'll be a lot of discussion and conjecture about the makeup of the Australian eleven for that first test against India. That gets underway Thursday. Thursday, yeah, uh, at the Adelaide Oval. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. It's still for a bit us. dirty. It's not at the Gabba, but you know, yeah, it seems yeah. odd that it's not. Well, yeah, the other because side of the coin is record there, Adelaide. So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Such yeah. a good record. Yeah. But the gap, the gap, and the Queensland government have, have slipped have slipped up yeah, on this one. Yeah. It's not up to scratches. It's not up to the standard that we you see at the at Adelaide Oval, the new the new uh, the new uh, oval um, yeah, venue Perth. in Perth, yeah. um, the MCG, of course. Yeah. So you kind of get what you deserve, and maybe that'll spur them on. But yeah, looking forward to that one. Next Speaking week. of stadiums, yeah, that certainly need a little bit of a facelift. Uh, we can add um, the Gabba to that list. But you're, um, you, you know, you're enjoying the golf and looking forward to seeing. Yes, how that yeah, it's uh, it's intriguing, isn't it? The PGA from uh, Royal Pines. So hopefully we'll have uh, more than one Aussie up around the top of the leaderboard come Sunday afternoon. Yeah, smattering of internationals that have come out for that one to try and uh, take the prize home with them. I'm looking forward to, and as always, tend to sort of lean towards a, a footballing angle. Uh, overseas, Liverpool take on Everton. Our mobs are playing this weekend, uh, Badgeman, in the uh, time-honoured time honored Merseyside and, derby. And it would be nothing worse for you than to lose to Everton. It hasn't been a good week for us. We're, we're probably out of the Champions League. If we get knocked over by Everton, I'm, I don't know if I'll be at work three on Monday. 3-0, 3-0. Nil, nil. <laughs> but I am closer yeah. to home looking forward to the Melbourne victory and the Western Sydney Wanderers. Now, these two sides, it'll be a good game on the field, but it's more so what happens off the field. <laughs> two sets of fans, and I'm not uh, expecting violence, by the way, but they don't like each other. Are they letting them in the stadium? 
at the same time or separately? Mm. I'm not sure because... Um, where, is, where is it? It's in Melbourne. Yeah, this one's in Melbourne. At, it's at Marvel Stadium, at uh, the old Marvel. Etihad Stadium. So, Etihad. yeah. So, um, I've been at this venue for this game before as a supporter and, um, yeah, it's... it's um, it's interesting. That's probably the best way to describe yeah. it. There's not a lot of love lost between you, the two of them. You're very careful about where you sit, Benny. Well, I had, I had Amy with me, so I had to be extra careful because she can get a little bit lippy too after she's had a cover. Ooh. And she doesn't even like football. So uh, that'll be interesting to watch, no doubt about it. Uh, and uh, I know that, uh, speak on behalf of Sats, but he's looking forward to UFC in Adelaide. That's um, that's going to be big too uh, with a couple of um, interesting fights. Yeah, which has been sort of under the radar a little bit. Um, but, you know. Oh, nothing... Tai Vasas. Yeah. Fighting there. Yeah. So Sats is all over that. So he's looking forward to it. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of our listeners likewise. Uh, Don't forget too, Christmas just around the corner. Icanwin.com.au. Head along and register your details to win that giant e-bike. Thanks to Giant, believe it or not. Uh, It's a great prize. Icanwin.com.au. And this has been Off the Bench, Badge. Um, You have a great weekend. Thank you for taking on the workload that Sats just refuses to be a part of more often than not. And we'll uh, (laughs) see see you you same time next week.